What's up, guys? Today, we're going to be talking about how to design your own program. But before we get there, let's talk about some updates. Now, if you can't tell already, for those of you looking in on YouTube or those of us joining on the TikTok stream, I got a new mic and I'm not in the car. <laughs> so big changes, big changes. Now I got my fancy schmancy, what is a Yeti blue mic? Apparently, this is the one to use. So let's see how good it is. Uh, yeah, so... Anybody that didn't catch last week's episode, I basically told everybody that now I am officially working for myself. So very happy about that. A uh, lot, a lot of changes going on right now, but I'm getting used to it. Nice, nice structure that comes with working for yourself. You get to pick your own schedule, and God, it feels so good. Um, so yeah. Uh, and to celebrate, I'm going to be giving everybody that is listening to this podcast half off of one month of online coaching. So if you want to claim that, go ahead and click the link in the description. Okay. It'll take you right to the page and all you have to do is fill out that application and boom, you get half off your first month. So take advantage if you'd like. All right. Now, actually the TikTokers are not on just yet. So I'm going to let them in and let's get to it. All right, now that TikTok is live, let's get into the meat and potatoes of what we're going to be talking about today. So we're going to be talking about how to design a workout for yourself. Now, this is going to be geared towards general population and mostly towards people that are in the 30, 40 plus age range, because that's kind of like my bread and butter. That's who I'm used to training. So if you're in that age bracket, the 30, 40, 50 year olds, this is all for you. Now, I usually stick to splits that are around the three or four days a week mark. And for that reason, because it helps a lot when it comes to recovery. So that's what I edge towards. So that's what this whole thing is going to be kind of talking about. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about the days that get you the most bang for your buck. And that is the main workouts, the strength training focused workouts. Now, for those, we want to focus on doing the exercises that are going to get you the most bang for your buck. And we want to make sure that we do them in the right way. Because a lot of times what happens, I saw it today, I went to the gym, and I saw a lot of people just doing every exercise they could possibly think of. No rhyme or reason, just, oh, this hits this body part. Okay, I'll do this. And while that's not a bad thing, it's a good starting point. It's definitely better than doing nothing. But there is a better way to go about it. Now, let's start from the very beginning, which is your warm up. Now, a lot of people, a lot of people skip this part. And this is a 28 year old person telling you warm up. <laughs> okay, when you're younger, you can get away with not doing it. As you get older, it is very, very important. Because as you get older, we stop moving as much. We're sitting down a lot more for those of us in the workforce that are at a desk or driving around. It adds up and you get very tight and it usually does not go well when you go to work out. More times than not, it can make you hurt in the wrong areas. That is where the warm-up comes in. And not only that, if you're very tight, it does affect performance depending on what you're going to do in the gym that day, especially lower body stuff. Very tight hips, very tight shoulders don't make for good lower body days. So with that warm up, you want to focus on 
four things. Okay, this is straight from Charlie Weingroff. He is one of the world's best known strength coaches, was a co uh, strength coach for Team Canada. Okay, and luckily, what while I was working at Gabriel Fitness and Performance in New Jersey, he's very good friends with the owner, which is Vince Gabriel, for those of you that don't know. And luckily, he sat down and taught us how to write out a program. And the first thing was the warm up. The first things that we want to focus on are one, raising core temperature. Okay? Nothing is really going to stretch out and move. Nothing's going to be as effective if your temperature is too low. You want to make sure that you're sweating a little bit. You want to make sure that you're getting things moving in the right direction. Now, the second thing is establishing a range of motion. Now, that's where all the stretching and the dynamic warmups come in. You want to make sure that you're not trying to establish a new range of motion because that's just not going to happen. Okay. If you stretch out for like five, 10 minutes in one specific spot, yes, you could do that, but not, not ideal to do that. When I'm talking about establishing range of motion, I'm talking about doing things like world's greatest stretch, like where you're in the push-up position and you hike one leg forward and then you twist like a Spider-Man twist. You reach up. And then when you come down, your elbow goes down to the ground, stuff like that. That's one that pretty much hits everything. But even before you get there, you could do some foam rolling. So if you have some specific spots that are tight, that's the time to do it before we get into the dynamic stuff. So this is foam rolling and uh, static stretching. Let me back up a little bit. Okay, now we're going to get into some John Russin stuff, which is the biphasic stretching, which basically is you foam roll something and then you stretch it and you get a little more bang for your buck doing it in that order. So for me, I always do the T-spine first, hands behind the head, rolling back and forth, basically the top half of your torso. So from your shoulders down to the middle of your back, not down to the lower back. When we're doing that, we don't want to hit the lower back because it could piss things off more than it'll help, even if it feels good in the moment. Um, yeah, so when you do that, you're going to feel nice snap, crackle, pop. And then after 30, 40 seconds, that's really all you need because you're not getting a whole lot past that point. After 30, 40 seconds, you do something. So in this case, the fact that you rolled your T-spine, now you can do some overhead reaches and then really reach up and back. So I know I'm limited with the... Uh, the screens here, so I can't really show you, but basically while you're on that foam roller, while it's on the top of your back, reach up and back without letting your ribs flare. Then once you do that for five, 10 of those, then you move on to another part. Now, because I'm sitting a lot, like driving to people and things like that, I aim for the hips also, okay? And for anybody that works at a desk, this these are the two big areas, your shoulders, the upper back area, and your hips. For the hips, you're going to roll out the top half of your thigh, your hip flexors. So go ahead and Google how to foam roll on that. And if you guys can find John Russin's article, it's awesome. I think it was called the, I think it was world's greatest warmup or something like that. It was on T Nation. It's such a good warmup and I've used it a lot. Anyway, foam roll the top half of your thigh, the hip flexors. 30, 40 seconds each side. Then you're going to go into a half kneel stretch. Now, this is the one where a lot of people mess it up 
And basically a half kneel stretch is you put one leg up. So you're kneeling, one knee is on the ground, one leg is up. So your foot is flat and your knee is bent. Basically it's what we call a half kneel. And when people do this, they push their hips forward and they think that that increases the stretch when in reality, you're not really doing anything to change the tilt of your hips, which is what we want. We want to curl the hips underneath and feel that stretch towards the middle of your thigh, not like up in the groin. And when you do that, that loosens a lot of things up. It can help take a little bit of lower back stiffness out of the equation and you feel pretty good. Then once you're done with those two things, you foam rolled those spots, you've stretched out those spots. Then you go into the world's greatest stretch, big twist, keeping that push-up position with your foot hiked up. And you do that for five to 10 each side. Then once you're done with that, you want to practice the pattern of what you're going to be doing. So let's say you're doing push-ups. Okay. Now, in the warm up would be a good time to do some sort of a push up that warms you up without necessarily fatiguing you to the point where it's going to mess you up later in when you get into it. So what I like having people do if it's not too much of a struggle is kneeling eccentric push ups. So knees down, 5 seconds to the ground, relax and then come back up and do that for like 3 to 5. But let's say you're doing like a squat, you could do something like a squat and press like a uh, squat pry press. So basically you hold the weight at your chest, squat down, push the knees apart, out back with the weight and then stand up. That would help a lot with getting the core, uh, core nice and tight and opening up the hips and priming the patterns so that you're getting a lot of stuff for one move, which is the name of the game. If we're not trying to spend all day in the gym. Um, so yeah, number three is prime the pattern. And then Four is stimulate the CNS. So for those of you that don't know the acronym, central nervous system. And to do that, you got to do something explosive, something powerful. And some really good ones for, again, those people in that age bracket of like 30, 40, 50 years old, medicine ball slams, if you can find good medicine balls. Now, do not do it with the rubber one. I've seen bad things happen where people take the rubber uh, medicine balls and whip them down. Those things bounce hard. <laughs> Don't use those. Okay. If you have access to like leather medicine balls, those are really good. Not rubber, leather. Those usually you can whip them down really hard and they don't really go anywhere. Or if you have access to slam balls, which are basically those ones that throw, you throw them into the ground and they just die. Those are really good. So use slam balls. If you can, the gym will be happier. If you did, I know Crunch has, um, at least by me, they have slam balls accessible to use to slam and they have the leather ones, but the leather ones say don't slam. So respect the rules. Um, let's say it's a lower body day. Medicine balls are great for upper or lower, but let's say it's a lower body day and you want to change it up a little bit. Kettlebell swings are really good. Jumps are really good. Okay? Unless you're in the mom category. I would not suggest doing jumps if that causes issues. <laughs> they know what I'm talking about. Um, so kettlebell swings are good. Jumps are good. Um, and then if you have the prerequisite mobility, if you on an upper body day, if you want to throw in some push presses, those are good too. But if you can't go overhead without it getting at your neck or you end up, for those of you watching on YouTube, instead of your arm getting up here, if it ends up out here, no good. 
So don't bother. <laughs> you could also get real fancy with the landmine attachment if you want to do some presses there. But that's pretty much what you focus on during the warm up. Sorry, that was a lot. <laughs> um, for those of you still with me, next we have strength. Okay, when it comes to strength, uh, you want to pick movements that are going to get you that CNS stimulation. You want to pick moves that are going to build muscle, that are going to burn a lot of calories. And those are the big ones we all know and love. Like I said, push-ups, chin-ups if you're capable, um, squats, deadlifts, the big ones, that's where you put them. Because that's going to take a lot of focus for you to lift the most weight you possibly can safely and effectively. Okay, then we go into accessory stuff. So once you're all done with the strength stuff, then after that, we want to put in things that either are going to help us for the next time, or maybe they're accessories for the other parts of our body we haven't hit. So if we're doing a full body day and we just did some squats, then we go into the upper body stuff like pressing and pulling or vice versa. And if you're doing like an upper lower split, this is where, so the first thing you did was a press or a pull, like a chin up or push ups or a bench press. After that will be a good spot for like chest flies or um, bent over rows. If that wasn't your main movement or anything like that, um, you could throw in some arms like shoulder, shoulder work or triceps, biceps, all that good stuff that we all love to do. And then once you're done with that, cardio time. For those of you that are so inclined, I usually personally put cardio on lower body days because the lower body days suck as it is. You might as well get it done during that time. <laughs> um, when it comes to cardio, this does not mean uh, long, steady state that takes another half hour to 40 minutes. This, this isn't the time for that. Do that on a different day. This is time if you want to do some hit work or at the very max, I'd probably say like 10 to 15 minutes on a steady state cardio, like a rower or a treadmill, or if you want to go outside and walk for a little bit, that's a good time to throw it in. So that's how you do it. Um, and then cardio days, now that we're talking about cardio, okay, when it comes to cardio, you want to make sure that you are organizing the exercises in a way that's going to get you to do them the best that you're capable of doing in that moment. And you're not sacrificing how much weight you can do or how well you can perform the movement. Um, and this goes for the strength days too. Okay. So when I was making the, um, the programs for Gabriel fitness, there was a list of things that I had as a filter. So every time like you can make the world's greatest program, but when you look at it and you have these set things that you don't want to happen, you'll be surprised because I knew these going in each week and I'd still miss them. <laughs> so it's always good to have some filters that you personally want to make sure that your program follows because it's always going to be that compromise of what's best and what's actually best for you in your certain circumstance. So to give you a better idea, the first of the filters was grip and core fatigue. Now, for those of you that do heavy RDLs or heavy rows, doing those paired with chin-ups or paired with something else that requires a lot of grip will make grip the limiting factor. And if you want the best results possible, you don't want that to get in the way. Same with core. 
let's say you're doing squats or deadlifts and then you're pairing it with some Russian twists and you're pairing that with planks. And then the next thing you're doing is core focused and everything is like paired with some sort of abs, your core is going to get trashed, which not the end of the world, but as you keep going in through your workout, if you're doing heavy compound lifts like squats, deadlifts, uh, anything like that, or split squats or that require a lot of core stability, if all of a sudden you're working to the point where you're so exhausted that your core can't support you, that's going to set you up in a situation that you could potentially do something not great, or that's going to be your limiting factor. You're just not going to get the most bang for your buck in that situation. The next thing is repetitive positioning. Now, I'm talking about like being stuck in a hinge position mostly or like being in a push-up position a lot. So when I'm talking about the hinge concept, I'm talking like you don't want to do things like bent over rows with deadlifts or with swings because you have that position of being bent over for so long and that gets at your lower back, that gets at your core. And then again, we're in that position where it's like, it's probably doing more harm than good. You're probably better off just breaking it up either during that workout, like doing like one, take a break after all the sets are done with deadlifts, let's say, then move on to the bent over rows. And then as long as your lower back doesn't take a beating and the core is good, then do those. But if for some reason you're not quite there with the muscle endurance and all that, that could be a case where you go for like a chest supported row. So literally just laying head to belly and everything like against the bench and pulling up and down. And that gives you uh, the stability or there's a case for machinery. So if you are at a commercial gym, that would be a good time. So if you wanted to do bent over rows, but your lower back is trashed, go on a machine where you can do a machine row that can help. Um, the other thing is pressing versus pulling ratio. Now I know this has gotten a lot of people on one side or the other. And as far as the trainer space goes, like some people it's, don't think it's such a big deal. Others do. And I'm more on the side of just to be smart. Like when you see a lot of people in the gym, they don't really pay attention to balance. It seems like, at least from my point of view, it's always chest, biceps, shoulders for the guys. Ladies seem a little more leg focused. And that's just a generalization from my biased point of view. But it seems like a lot of people go in just focusing on one area and one area only, which is not good. Because if your goal is to lose weight, to tone up, like you want to hit everything because of the hormonal effects that it has, you're burning a ton of calories. There's a lot of reasons that you'd want to have a balanced approach. So for that reason, like when you see, when you hear people talk about it, they're like, oh, you got to do like a two to one pulling to, pre uh, to pressing. And that's like in an effort to offset those workouts that I just mentioned, like just going in and only doing that and then trying to level the scale out. But honestly, once you're past a certain point, there's only so much making up you can do. So try and at least get it to be one-to-one. -one. Or if you have like shoulder issues, like you've just been benching forever and your shoulders just always pissed off, maybe take pressing out of the equation completely for a couple of months and see how you feel. Could help. Um, 
And yeah, and then the other thing is just avoiding any injuries you might have. There, There's no program in the world that is so good that you have to push through an injury because injuries are a nail in the tire. Pretty much you can push and push and push, but if you're running a NASCAR race and you have a nail in the tire, it's not going to end well. So avoid any injuries that you may have. That's like people that have like toe injuries, probably split squats are not a good idea. Like if you have plantar fasciitis to the point where you can't like put any weight on your toes, not a good idea. If you have arthritis in a certain area, like your wrists, your elbows, anything like that, there's special considerations there. Like for example, I worked with a guy who literally could not press or pull because that little bending in the elbow was too much. So in that case, we moved to flies and pull parts. So, and with a band too, to unload in certain positions. So for any of you that don't know what the flies are, that's basically like a bear hug, like back and forth like that. Um, for those of you watching, um, sorry for those of you that can't. And then uh, like a reverse fly or a band pull part is basically a chest fly in reverse. And for that, you could use a band, you could use some weights, putting your chest on the bench. Uh, you could use a machine, any of that works. So just little considerations. This is where it helps to have a coach who's done a lot of programming because for, for us, it's like, oh, boom, let's just do this. But for some people, they get stuck and it's like, ah, I want to make progress, but I only know these 10 exercises and it's tough. It's tough, but it can be done. It can be figured out. And if anybody needs any help with their program and making little adjustments here and there to make it the best program possible for you, just hit me up coachfits1 at gmail.com. So I think that was everything. I talked really fast. So hopefully did this fill? Yeah, we, we made it pretty far. Um, yeah. And we'll cut it there. So going forward, this is pretty much going to be how it is one topic going deep and discussing it to the best of my ability for you guys. So I mean, if on TikTok people ask questions, I'll gladly answer. But for the most part, every single episode is going to be just one topic. So we could discuss everything. And I'm not thinking about two or three, sorry, two or three other things on the menu. So again, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you guys could, it would help me out tremendously if you go and Review, uh, leave a review and go ahead and share it for anybody that you think might need some help with their program. Pick a friend who doesn't know what the hell they're doing in the gym and just send it their way and be like, buddy, you need this. <laughs> um, all right. So until next time, guys, I hope you guys have an amazing week coming up and I will see you next time.